Good morning. How are we today? Pardon? We good. That is great. It's wonderful to be here. Can I just remove this? Ah, no, it's fine. All right. It's really great to see everybody. Um, and I just want to reiterate, welcome to everyone who is here today. Welcome to our visitors. We trust that your, your visit with us will be a wonderful one. Anyway, just to let you know who I am, because some people probably don't know who I am. My name is Nokolo Zanele Jamini. That's the full version. But mostly I am known as Nox or Cisnox or any variation of that. And, uh, and I'm married to one husband. His name is Langa Zamini. <laughs> and have uh, three uh, beautiful, wonderful children. And uh, I live in Durban. And I'm glad to say I live in Durban because Joburg is cold today, which is, where, which is where I was born. And my mother is in the house today, so it's really great to have her here. <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's great to be standing before you today, especially because we, uh, I'm doing part of a series. Last week, we started a, a series uh, with a great message that uh, Garabo preached, and he preached on hope. And uh, what we are doing is we've got a five-part series. It's called Inside Out. And what this looks at is it looks at our emotions, some of our emotions, and how these emotions impact our lives and how they drive us. And we look at what does the Bible have to say about all of these emotions and how do we approach life and having these emotions that are inside of us. Because I don't know if, if any of us, if any of you watch the movie Inside Out, you know, the the cartoon, I like cartoons, so I watch a lot of cartoons. So, um, but basically, in this movie, we see how emotions drive what we do. And it's amazing. It's, it's a beautiful picture to show us what happens in our lives because it's real. Um, if we look at our lives, we find that the things that we do a lot of times come from how we feel inside at that moment. So we're looking at this and we're saying, okay, if this is how... Um, we are driven. If our emotions drive us, is that the way that God wants us to live? Is this what God wants us to do in our lives? Or is there a different way in which he would like us to live? So that's really what this series is about. And uh, like I said, it's a five-part series, and this one is the second one, where we are looking at the subject of fear. And, uh, you know, the amazing thing about fear is that... uh, I think all of us have experienced fear at one time or another because fear is something that we all have inside. It's a natural response that has been built in to help us uh, to, you know, to help us to, uh, to, to not do certain things, for us to know that there's such a thing as danger. And then when there's danger, you need to run or you need to, you know, the, the, the flight or, or, or flight or fight uh, instinct. So we have fear and it's a good thing. But we also have fear which is unhealthy. And I think it's important for us to distinguish between the two. But we all have uh, all types of fears where we know that we need to be afraid of fire. We need to be afraid of a lion when it's coming. We don't say, I resist you, fear in Jesus' name. You know, I resist you, lion, because I'm not afraid. You know, uh, sometimes we can be like that as, as Christians. So we need to be able to distinguish. And, you know, uh, fear is truly, really is truly yes you know ladies and all right that's better okay uh please take this 
this thing doesn't like me. No, <laughs> I don't like it because I wear earrings. Anyway, as I was saying, we are all accustomed to fear. And in our South African context, um, fear is something that walks with people on a daily basis. If you think about the electric fences, the high walls we live with, you know, all sorts of things, we live with fear. It's real. You have people building their walls higher and higher, and then you put your electric fence, and then you put razor wire on top of that, and then you have cameras, and then, it, and then you have the biggest dogs on earth. It's just because, unfortunately, in our country, the way that things are and the way that crime is, you find that uh, people live in fear, and because they live in fear, they uh, try to protect themselves. And, you know, uh, a few weeks back, I had a very interesting situation happen to me where I was at an ATM, and lo and behold, uh, something happened to me. I won't tell the whole story, but basically the gist of it is that two guys came, and um, they, they pressed, and they, I was standing right there, and the one guy came and touched something, another one came and touched. I didn't ask for their help, I didn't do anything, but I ended up having money taken from my account. And these are the everyday things that we live with. And I'm glad to say that my money was returned by the bank. But we, so we, we are always constantly on the lookout, constantly looking, okay, where's my phone? I'm going for a walk today, so I should leave my phone at home. I shouldn't take it with me. Oh, goodness, I forgot to take my phone. You know, I forgot to leave it. My doors, are they locked? All right, I'm approaching a, a red robot. Okay, I mustn't go too close. I must, I must make sure there's space between me and the car in front of me so that just in case someone tries to hijack me, I'm, you know? So we live with those things on a daily basis. So it's real. It's, it's, it's part of who we are. But then, um, then I found other very interesting types of fear. Because as I was reading up on this, and I think I would like to share these with you so that we can see how, how fear is and, and how pervasive it is. The first type of fear that I, you'll see there, up there, trypophobia, the fear of holes. So there are people out there who are afraid of holes. So if they see a, a hole, they, 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 they get nervous and then they walk around it and it's just, they're afraid of falling in or something like that. I don't know. Then there's the fear of falling, basiphobia. How about this one? Achievemophobia, the fear of success. Yes, achievemophobia. Phobophobia, the fear of fear. So it's basically being afraid that you will be one day afraid of something. All right. Componophobia, the fear of buttons. Okay? And my favorite, hippopotomonstrosesquipedaliophobia, the fear of long words. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I had to share this one because I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny for me, but for the person who has that fear, it's not so funny. But anyway, so there are various types of phobias out there. So what I'm trying to say is that, uh, uh, you know, I spoke initially and said that there's a thing, you know, there are normal types of fear where we are afraid of fire and those are safe. It's safe. 
and it's fine to be like that. And then you have the types of fears that we live with on a daily basis where you know that there is actually present danger, so you are quite aware of it, but uh, that can mean that we live constantly with this fearful spirit. And then there's, there's these types of fears. So if you have any of those fears, and by the way, there's a list of a hundred of these fears that if you were to look at them, you'd think, oh my goodness, what's happening? Like the fear of the number 13. But I just couldn't list all of them. But what I'm saying is that if you have a fear of anything like that, it's something that needs to be addressed. We need to pray for you so that you can live in freedom. And if you have a fear of long words, I suggest you stay away from Ayanda. Anyway. (laughs) Sorry. So, anyway, so, like I said, there are all sorts of types of fear. And, uh, you know, uh, when you look at, at fear in its many forms, like it, it can be a phobia, which is an, an, a, um, an extended or a, an intense type of fear where the minute you think about the thing, you, your body reacts, you start sweating and all of that. It's a serious fear. So we may look at it and say, how can you be fear, afraid of buttons? But some people, the minute they see buttons on their clothing, they sweat, they get nervous, they, their body closes down. All right. And then, of course, there are other types of fear. And why I want to mention these is that many of us look at this and we say, no, I'm not afraid because I'm not afraid of demons and I'm not afraid of the dark, I'm, you know. But the cousins of fear or the lesser types of fear are things like worry, anxiety. Worry and anxiety are a form of fear because if you dwell in them, your body does exactly what fear does to another to 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 a person uh, worry and anxiety they um, they cause a reaction in you that fear causes because they are the same thing if you if you look at worry properly when you are a worried person you are a fearful person because worry causes you to live in the what if world it causes you to live in the world that says what if this and this goes wrong then what's going to happen to me all right, and uh, I would like us to just look at this a little bit because what happens is that when you worry or when you are anxious all the time, you are entertaining fear, and as you entertain fear, you begin to think about it constantly. It is a part of your life constantly, and this is very, it, it, it results in something. Because when you spend your time thinking about something all the time, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a saying that, that is out there, which is that you become what you behold. You become what you behold. Or you become what you dwell in. What you spend time in, that's the thing that you become. I'd like us to have a look at the, the book of Job. Job chapter 3, verse 25. And before we, before we read, shall we pray, please? Heavenly Father, you are great. You are an awesome and amazing Father to us. And we want to thank you today for the privilege of hearing your word. We thank you, God, that you are God who has given us freedom, that you are God who causes us to walk free of, of, of debilitating fear. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, that as we are listening to your word, that you are going to bring freedom to us. You are going to bring understanding that will help us to live as you want us to live, that we will live from, the, from a place that is inside of us that is not governed by our emotions. So we thank you, Lord, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Job chapter 3. Very, very interesting scripture here. Verse 25 and 26, it it reads as follow. 
as follows. For the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest, but only turmoil. So in verse 25, we see Job saying that the thing that he greatly feared has come upon him. The thing, do you notice he mentions fear twice? In a very short verse, we see he's saying that the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is upon me. So Job lived in that worried state of what if I lose all my wealth? What if this happens to my children? What if this? What if that? What is that? What if that? So he was so constantly in that place of what if things don't work out? What if this? What if that? And um, you see, here is the thing. The result of his, of his fear and his worry is verse 26, which says, I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. You see, what happens in our lives is that when we see things that, um, when we see circumstances around us that are negative, our natural response is to say, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So worry is a means of, of finding a solution. But unfortunately, it's finding a solution in, in a negative way. Because what it does is that it makes you dwell on the negative situation and then it begins to draw pictures of the results of this negative situation. And in most instances, you find that the, the, the end result is the worst case scenario. A lot of times when you worry, you don't think about the least thing that could happen to you, but you think about the worst case scenario. You go and, and you, you create pictures in your head. You see things happening. You see a person, if for example, uh, you have a family member and they are out there and it's nighttime and you begin worrying about them. You see their car in, in a car accident. You see them being hijacked. You see them lying on the side of the road with a, with a knife in their, in their throat. Or if perhaps you are concerned and worried about your job, or worried about getting a job, you have graduated from varsity. You see yourself sitting there and not working. You see years and years pass, passing and I don't have a job. What am I going to eat? What, what about these responsibilities and those responsibilities? And I believe many of us live our lives in that place of worry and concern. And we live our lives in that place of thinking about the what ifs and, and, and all of that. And we forget that God is actually able in our every situation to cover us. We, we put aside God and we, and we think that, no, I'm just thinking. This is not anything. I'm just thinking. But our thoughts are so important and our emotions are so important. That's why it's important for us to grab hold of our thoughts and our emotions and turn them in the direction that the Bible speaks of. So now let's look at what the Bible says. Because you see, fear takes us out of the present. It keeps us locked in the past. It, it, it either keeps us locked in the past or reaching out to the, to, the, to, the, uh, for, to the future. And we forget about the present. So we waste our present living out a life that is either in the, in the, in the future or in the past. But what about the moment that you are in? You are in this bad situation or you see things around you. The only way that you can make a change to the things that are happening around you or the things that are causing the worry is in doing something right now in this moment. Understand something. When you worry and when you allow anxiety to take hold in your life, you are doing something about your future. 
It's not just, no, just a thought. You are actually investing in your future that negative thinking that you are, that you are sitting in. You are investing in your future the possibility of the bad thing that you are thinking of. Simply because whatever we think of constantly, we begin to say and we begin to rehearse. You say it to everybody. You start talking about it. You start, you know, uh, anyone who is, who is willing to listen to you, you talk about this thing. You talk about how bad things are. And as you keep on talking about it, you believe your very words. And then you act in accordance with the words that you have spoken yourself. So our days are tainted by what has gone wrong and what could go wrong. And we live in a constant state of anxiety. But the Bible says, I like the fact that when you say the Bible says, you are turning things around. You are turning things from the normal human way of doing things. Which is awesome because my normal human way of doing things is challenged. It is limping. But when we look firstly, let's look at Matthew chapter 21 verse 22. What Jesus said, the last part of the verse says, um, And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. In other words, instead of spending our today worrying about what is not happening or worrying about possible things that can go wrong. One of the things in which we can invest our today and our now in is in praying. You ask in prayer, believing that you shall receive. So you create, a, then you begin in praying and asking God, you commune with the Lord about what you are seeing happening or going wrong. You go to God with it. And the wonderful thing is that we don't live by ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit who is with us, who leads us, who directs us, who even directs our prayers. So when we are in a situation like this, we go to God and we pray. And we ask, knowing that we will receive. And Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything. When Paul wrote this, Anything meant then what anything means now. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The first part says, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything, but. So God doesn't just say, don't be anxious and leave you there. He says, don't be anxious. This is what you do with your anxiety. This is what you do with your worry. If you are worried, it's okay. This is what you do with it. If you want your worry to bear fruit, if you want your worry to bear the good fruit that you need in your life, this is what you do with it. You take it and you pray about the things that you are worried about. So this is your prayer request. So if you want to have prayer requests and you say, I don't know what to pray for, think about the things that you are worried about. Take those things to prayer. Be anxious, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, we serve an amazing Father who does not just listen to us and do nothing. But he listens and he does something with the request that we bring to him. 
So what we're seeing here is that first of all, we need to commune with God. We need to have a relationship with God because you don't talk to someone that you don't talk constantly to someone that you don't know. So we commune with God. We converse with him. We build a relationship with him through our prayers. And as we are doing this, we begin to color our lives with what is on the inside of us, with what is on our, in, in our spirits, instead of what our emotion being fear does. And based, we are praying based on a joyful expectation. In the verse that I read where Jesus said that we are to pray, he says that pray believing you shall receive. So we don't just pray, but we pray knowing that God is going to deal with whatever it is that is a concern to me. And we do it with thanksgiving. So what we are saying here is that we are not saying, don't bury your head in the sand and pretend that everything is good. We are not saying, don't, don't, you know, have this, um, this be positive, be positive. Say yes every day and everything will be well with you. That's not what we are saying. We are not talking about positive thinking. We are not talking about all those very interesting things that are out there. This is not motivational speak. That if you think right, if you speak right, it shall happen to you. What we are saying is that you take your problems to the one who can do something about them. And then you become thankful and you start saying, I know I'm going to receive because you know God can. It's not just a reliance on our own selves and saying, I am God. Therefore, I will speak things and things will come to being. It's us relying on the one who can actually make a difference. There, you know, another thing that we can do is what I call practicing peace. And you know, the minute... I wrote this time. I imagine someone sitting and meditating. Oh, you know, that's not what I mean when I'm saying practice peace. But what I'm saying here is that we practice peace by choosing the things that allow peace in our lives. We practice peace by being deliberate. Because you see, here's the thing. What you feed is the thing that will grow in your life. So, Feed your imagination the right diet. Feed yourself the right diet. So what feeds our hearts is what we indulge in on a daily basis. Whatever you indulge in will either feed your fear or will feed peace in your life. You know, I was shocked um, the other day. I had... Uh, my my uh, my son had uh, my phone and he was looking he asked for Mickey Mouse so I put on Mickey Mouse and I left him there a few minutes later I thought no let me just go and check because I like checking to make sure that he's watching the right stuff so I go there and I was shocked to my socks because what I found there is I found somebody has created some uh, some uh, videos that have a Mickey Mouse looking like thing Mickey Mouse and and and, and Minnie but there's violence there. There's a Mickey Mouse who's got a gun and who is shooting at Minnie Mouse and Spider-Man and all whoever else is there. And when he shoots, uh, blood pours out. And in another one, I saw uh, somebody's leg was chopped off and there was blood going all over the place. 
Now, you may think that you have typed YouTube, you, may, you have typed Mickey, Mickey Mouse, and it's safe for your child, and you leave them there. But you don't know that you are feeding them fear. So I began to understand why it is that now my son has in his vocabulary, it is scary. Because I started, why? Because he just said, no, mommy, it is scary. I'm scared. And then when I checked, that's when the penny dropped for me. That, okay, it's this stuff. Here I am thinking that he's watching something innocent, but he's not. So I was feeding I was inadvertently feeding fear without knowing. Or rather, it wasn't me who was feeding him. You understand what I'm saying. But the point is this. We feed, uh, we feed fear in our lives without being aware of it. So what we indulge in every day, what, watch what you partake of. Watch the things that you watch. Guys, watch. Be careful about the stuff that you watch. The series that are out there are so entertaining. They are amazing, but they are full of fear. Most of the series that we watch, they depict so much, so many um, circumstances or so many scenes of, of, of violence and hatred and, and, uh, and all sorts of things. And when we partake of that all the time, that feeds our fear. I was reading something and um, a psychologist was saying that our body, our mind cannot differentiate between reality and uh, what is not real. So whether it's entertainment or whatever, so it will, it will react, our body and our minds, our emotions will react the same way to somebody. If someone was shot here in front of you, it will react that way um, if someone is shot on TV. So there's the same reaction. So what we watch, if you watch violent movies continuously, you watch horror movies where women are walking in the dark and then they, and then they are chased by something and then they are screaming, then you are feeding yourself. You are feeding the fear. And you, you are amazed that when you're walking down the road at night, you're looking around. It's not surprising because not only is there real and present danger, not only is there a possibility of something happening, but you have already created an expectation in your mind that something is going to happen. I'm not saying don't watch things. All I'm saying is that be careful of what you dwell in. Because sometimes you'll find a person binging on, on, on a series. You watch a whole season and, and the whole season has a lot to do with fearful things and other things, of course. So change, you need to change your mental diet. How often do you listen to the news or watch the news? You need to be updated. You need to know what's happening. But when you are 24-7 watching the same thing, watching the same murder, listening about the same murder, the same rape, the same this, and constantly, it's good to be updated, but it doesn't mean that now for the whole day, you must, whenever there's something, you're, you're on social media, you're, you, you know, you're checking your news constantly. Watch wh how much time you spend on things like this. So are you feeding or are you starving fear in your life? 
And when you practice peace, this is what you do. In Philippians chapter 4, again, um, verse 7 says this. Uh, it says that when you pray and with thanksgiving, it says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So that's why I said let's practice peace. Because when we pray and we bring our anxieties to God, then his peace passes all understanding, right? And then verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Anything that is worthy of praise, think about these things. And then verse 9 says, what, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. What this means is that when we think about all of these things, the commendable things, the, the you know, thinking about, wow, somebody has just had a baby. Wow. Um, it's great that, that, you know, you think about, wow, well, it's great that so-and-so's uh, received a job. It's, think about, wow, it's great that one day God is going to give me that beautiful home that I'm believing for. Think about things that are commendable, that are lovely. Watch things like that. Read things like that. Spend time with people who speak about things like this. Because the more you do that, you create an appetite Four wholesome things. Because what I've found is that the less you spend time in these wholesome things, you have a desire for the other stuff. So when you look, have you seen what it, have you seen how you react when you have to watch a Christian movie? I mean, be honest. How many people here like Christian movies? You see, it's like, yeah, because Here's the thing. Okay, not... Yes, all right. So, many of us are Christian movie challenged. All right. And one of the reasons, of course, is that maybe the acting may not be too, too great and all of that stuff. But just to let you know, they have, there are some really, really good Christian movies that have come out lately. And I would suggest that you go out there and you look for them. Look for them. Create an appetite for the Christian movies. Because the great thing is that you may be watching bad acting, but the message that is there is good. <laughs> the acting may be bad. The, 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 you know, yeah, the acting may be bad. They may dress like they're from another century, but the message that is there will build your peace and build faith on the inside of you. Anyway, this is just. I don't know where that came from. But, <laughs> and here's another scripture that I'd like us to look at. Um, Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Before we look at that scripture, I just want to say something quickly. You know, something funny that fear does to us is that it causes us to be inward focused. It causes narcissism. You become so focused on yourself. Because 
and, and this is a natural response. When you are afraid, you, you try and protect yourself, right? But now you become so focused on yourself, protecting yourself, guarding yourself, that you lose regard for other people. You lose regard of the fact that God has called us to be about others. That God has called us to go out there. How many of us would go to, let's say, Point Road and preach the gospel at 11 p.m.? I wouldn't. But yeah, (laughs) maybe a couple of us here would. But we are so focused on protecting ourselves that we forget that there's a greater, there's a greater thing than us being safe. And you know what's interesting? Even in conversations with others, when you are fearful or when you're in a place of worry, it's like you're waiting for people to stop talking so you can share what's happening in your life. They're talking, you're hearing, la, 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 la. And then the minute they stop, you know what? This is what's happening. And this is happening in my life. And this, and this. And that's all that comes out of your mouth. So there's a, there's a self-interest that comes in. I, I, I read a very interesting quote, and it says, It's been said that victimhood is the biggest addiction operating in our country today. Unfortunately, I don't know who said this. Victimhood is the biggest addiction operating in our country today. So we play the victim, unlike the victor that God has called us to be. We are constantly under this, oh, woe is me. And when you are there, it is difficult to see that God has called you to be victorious. It's difficult to see yourself as the one who is more than a conqueror. Because all the time you're thinking, oh, goodness, I've got to protect myself because, oh, this and this and this is happening to me. Even when things are happening to you, as a child of God, you are still to have the stance of the victorious, conquering child of God. Because that's who you are. Let's look at uh, Isaiah 41 verse 10. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You see, here's the thing. In dealing with fear, the Bible moves our focus away from ourselves. Have you noticed that? Constantly in the Bible, whenever it speaks about fear, it's like, forget about yourself. Do this. It puts our focus completely on God. It places our focus on the Lord. And this is why. When you look at, the, at this verse, he first says, I am with you. Who is I am? I am with you. If we are to understand anything, if we can just understand that. Because when we understand that God is with us, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one who made everything that we see around us, The one who has saved us. The one who keeps us. The one who walks with us. The one who makes sure that even when bullets are flying around you, you are safe. The one who makes sure that even if you have a heart attack, you wake up in that hospital bed and people don't understand how it happened. The one who makes sure that even if you've had countless attacks and challenges in your life, but you're still standing and you've got a smile on your face. That's the one that you're walking with. 
You see, God is a great God who shows himself strong on our behalf. Because he is great. He shows himself strong on our behalf, whether circumstances are good or bad. He shows himself strong on our behalf, whether we are going through good times or not. It's irrelevant. He is who he is. He is who he is. His nature does not change. He is God who is great. He is the one who passed, who, who separated the Red Sea for a whole nation of people to pass. I still cannot comprehend that in my head, but that's who my God is. So when it says, fear not, for I am with you, it means I need to meditate on, study the word of God, know who my God is, so that when fear challenges me, I stop it in its tracks and I say, hold on a moment, I know who I am. I'm a child of the living God, the one who was able to raise a person from death, the one who is able to heal any disease, any sickness. That is my God, the one who is able to feed me when I don't have money, the one who is able to cause the bank to bring back my money, I don't know how, but they did it. That's the God that we serve. So he says, fear not, for I am with you. That should end the conversation. That should end the issue. That should be it. But sometimes our challenge is that we don't have a close relationship with our God, so we don't know him. We have not made it our job to study him. We have not made it our job to to have a PhD in God. We have not made it our challenge. We have not made it our challenge to, to sit and to devour the word of God so we can know who we are serving, to sit and spend time and speak to him. Because when we spend time with him, when we get to know him, then fear has no place in our lives. He says, fear not, for I am with you. And then he says these things. When I looked at the scripture, what I did was I looked at where God says, I, and I looked at what he does. So first, he says, I strengthen. That's what our God does. When we face fear, he says, don't fear, because I strengthen you. If you are afraid that you are weak, it's okay. I am your strength. If you are afraid that you won't make it, it's okay. I am your strength. Lean on me and not in your own understanding. Because I am your strength. I am your pillar. I am your rock. Lean on him. He says, I help. Wow. I help. So when you are afraid and you think you're going to fail your exams, when you are afraid and you think you're not going to make it, that you've got a child that is coming and you don't have the finances, you're like, what am I going to do? He says, I help. So fear not. I help. You see, that's what God said to us when we were going to have our third child. Um, we had just changed, we had just changed things in our lives. So, uh, we had just bought a, a house. That I had no idea how we were going to pay for. My husband had faith. He said, let's go. We're buying this. And I, and I was like, um, and I was thinking, oh, <laughs> how are we going to afford this? I was happy to be comfortable and to live in that house that we were in. I was actually afraid. And I was like, no, we, we can't buy this house. And then, then, uh, and then faith won over. So I was like, no, come on, Knox. Come on. Trust God. You know, trust God. And then we moved. And, and then things happened. And then we, we were like, okay, we were stretched, like financially, seriously stretched. And then 
we were having a baby. And I was like, Lord, babies are expensive. What are we going to do? And somebody came to me and said, God has said that he is going to provide every single thing for this child. You don't need to worry. And I can tell you today that that has been the truth. Because God has provided for this little one in amazing ways. We were given three car seats. We were given a, a, a cot. Um, we were given, we were offered, no, we were given a pram. And we were lent a pram. We already had a pram. He was given clothing. I didn't buy him too many things. I mean, I can count literally on my two hands how many things I bought for him when he was a baby. The only things that we had to buy is, um, I almost said stationary, it's toiletries. But otherwise, he had everything. And this is the funny part of it. Uh, We tried to give him formula. He refused to drink it. So God provided milk for him. So I had to breastfeed. So we didn't need to spend money on his milk. So all we spent money on was nappies and toiletries. Everybody was giving us clothing, like everyone, everyone. It got to a place where my son would say, did Auntie Trisha give this to me? Whenever he had something new. Because all of a sudden, she was getting clothes from everyone and thinking of Sigoe. God is faithful. God does help us. In whatever situation. So we waste our time and our energy. And we make ourselves age by worrying. That's another thing that worry does by the way. It works on your body. It ages you. And he says I uphold. In other words when you feel like you are low. And you can't. He lifts you up. God lifts us up. So instead of fearing, we need to run to him. Okay, I need to run. The third thing that fear does is that it can paralyze us and block our creativity. Fear paralyzes. You know what's funny? When I, when I studied in the Bible, when I looked at fear, everywhere that there was fear, God told the person to move anyway. He told them, okay, get on with it. Okay, you're afraid, it's fine. Get on with it. Move, it's fine. The two accounts that I'm thinking of here, if you look at Gideon and Joshua. Gideon was fearful. It was very obvious because he was hiding. I wish I had time to just explain and and talk about this. But Gideon was hiding. He was in hiding. And when you look at why he was hiding, I think I would have been hiding too. Because they were being attacked from all sides. And the nations that they were, they were living with were attacking them. They were taking their livestock. They were taking their food. So he was afraid and he had a reason to be afraid. And he was hiding. That's where God found him. And God calls him a man of valor in that fear. So it's almost like God is saying, are you afraid? Okay, right. Let's put your fear aside. You are not a fearful person. He calls him a man of valor and he speaks to him and he speaks out the 
the, the courage that is in, in him, that he's not aware he has. Because when you and God come together, there are things that are locked on the inside of you that begin to be unlocked. When you come face to face with God, those abilities and capabilities that are inside of you, the ability to be courageous and strong, it is activated. That's why God said what he said to Gideon. And if you look at Joshua, in Joshua chapter 1, the scripture that Eloise read, Joshua chapter 1, we see something interesting. Joshua must have been afraid because God told him so many times, I think it was four times, that he must be courageous. If you look from, in Joshua chapter 1, you look at, sorry, it's not up there, but if you look from verse, from verse 4, okay, he says, uh, okay, verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you, before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it. He goes on. And then verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. He carries on. So, and then in verse 9, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And then after God said this, Joshua gets up and faces the people and he says, okay, we're doing this. So he was afraid, but God told him, be strong and courageous. So being strong and courageous doesn't mean you sit and you wait for courage. It doesn't mean you sit and you wait for the feeling of fear to die down. But you get up and you act. You get up and you move. It's almost like God says, it's almost like God is saying, you know what? Look fear in the face and say, I'm coming for you. Because that is what we are to do. I remember when I, was, <laughs> when I was afraid of the dark, I would switch off the light and say, okay. And I would imagine in my head all these things coming for me. And I would sit there and say, but God is with me. But God is with me. But God is with me. I will not switch on that light. God is with me. And I would fall asleep like that. So being courageous means you remind yourself that, okay, God is with me. And because he's with me, that means I'm courageous regardless of what I feel. Regardless of what, what, regardless of what things feel like. But God is with me. So I will be courageous. I will stand strong. And I will move. Even if it looks like you know, things are not working out the way they need to work out. God is with me. It is possible not to allow fear to have free reign in our lives when we stand on who God is. There's a scripture in, in, in Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, I think it says, I think it is. Uh, sorry, let me just quickly go to it. Romans 8, 15. It says something interesting because many of us, are afraid because maybe some of us have daddy issues or, or we, we felt that we were not protected enough. Therefore, you feel like you are always in danger or you are afraid of, you know, you are afraid of man, you are afraid of whatever thing. If you look at Romans chapter 8 verse 15, it says this, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, 
But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So the fact that we have been adopted by God means that fear has got no place in our lives. Because we have got a God, who we have got a Father who is faithful. A Father who stands by us. A Father who will never let us go. He said that to Joshua. He said, I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So when we stand on that and understand that and live in that and remind ourselves constantly, we begin to become free of fear. Whether we feel the emotion of fear or not becomes irrelevant. It becomes irrelevant. It's like, okay, I know I feel like this, but you know what? My God is this. My God is here with me. And because he is with me, all is well. We can choose to build a life that does not respond through the lens of fear, but choose to know our God through prayer and his word. So we need to meditate on what is sound and move regardless of whether we feel fearful or not. We need to be courageous. And when we do this, we find that we begin to live a life that is from the inside out because it's from our spirits, not our emotions. It's from our spirits. And it is colored by by what God says about us. It is colored by how we see God in our lives. And we begin to be powerful people. Because we won't be moved by what we see. We won't be moved by what we feel. But we will be moved by knowing that our God is good. And that he is faithful. He will never leave us. Never, ever, ever forsake us. Amen. Alright, can we just close our eyes please? I would like us to, to pray. Father, we thank you. You are a good and gracious God. We love you, Lord. We praise you. There is none like you. Lord, we thank you that you are good. We thank you, Father, that we are not slaves to fear because we have been adopted into your family. We are not slaves to fear because you are our God. You are our King. You are greater and mightier than any fear we could have. And I know, God, that sometimes um, in our lives it's not just fear, but, God, sometimes there's a spiritual thing that is happening where we are bound by, by some sort of thing that causes us to live in fear. But, God, you are greater even than that. You are greater than any fear of evil. You are greater than any fear of the future. You are greater than any fear of man. Anything that causes us to step back and not to walk in the freedom that you have called us into. So Lord, I thank you and I praise you for this in Jesus' name. I believe in the room there's a couple of people that are really struggling with this. Uh, struggling with worry, struggling with concerns. You have real concerns. You have real concerns. And, and worry has become a part, of, a part of your life, a part of who you are. And you feel so, so enslaved. So even when you sing songs that I'm no longer a slave to fear, you try and believe this, but it's just so not true in your life. 
So I would like us, I would like to pray for you. I would like us to just pray for you. So if you are here and you feel that worry is a constant part of your life, won't you please stand? If you feel that worry is a constant part of your life and you have tried to stop, but it is so deeply etched into who you are that you have not been able to let go. Can you please stand? All right. God wants to remind each one of you today that he is your God, that he is your father. And I feel uh, rising up on the inside of me just a word that says, have you forgotten who I am? Have you forgotten who I am? Have you forgotten that I am faithful, that I am good? Remember the things that I have done in your life. Remember the things where you had impossible situations and I have come through for you. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that I am the King of Kings? That I am the Lord of Lords? Have you forgotten that I will never leave you? That I am God of my promises. Never leave you. Never forsake you. That is who I am. And I believe God wants you to know today that he keeps every single one of his promises that he has made to you in his word and to you personally. Father God, thank you. Lord, I pray for each and every person that is standing before I carry on, if you, ask, if, if you are around these guys, can I ask that we minister together? Just stand up and pray for whoever you see around you. We're going to pray together for our brothers and sisters.